At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, We guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the Denver City Cast with Holden Kushner, presented by Bet Rivers. It is the Denver City Cast. It is Holden with Veasan, and it is the Avalanche in the Stanley Cup Finals against the Tampa Bay Lightning. I will preview Game One. We'll look at the odds on Bet Rivers for the whole series and Game One. I cannot wait. This is the matchup we've all been waiting for. Ah, yes, it is coming on Wednesday right here in Denver. Also, got to get into the Broncos mandatory minicamp this week, and I want to break down the running back position. I think the third running back in this stable is going to be very important this year again, although it really wasn't last year, was it? But it will be this year, and we'll talk about some of the other great running back duos in the NFL. Plus, Tyreek Hill on why he forced his way out of Kansas City, and a Game 5 bet in the NBA Finals with the Warriors and the Celtics tied at two games apiece. But let's get right into this. The Avs hosting Tampa Bay, Game 1 of the Stanley Cup Finals on Wednesday night. And as we look at the series prices here, it's going to be the Avalanche as heavy favorites. Okay, so we start here. It's Colorado minus 195 in the series. I saw it at minus 180. So this thing got a lot of money on the Avalanche. The Lightning, if you like the Lightning, I mean, this this is a great time to grab them, plus 165. I actually think they take game one. We can get into that in a little bit. Still like the Avalanche in the series, nonetheless. I think this layoff is going to be tough, though. Lightning and the Avalanche. Game one, puck line, Avs, plus 155. They got to win by two or more goals. Lightning, minus 190 on the puck line. 
plus 133 on the money line, though. The Avs are minus 157. A total here relatively low at six. So that would be kind of the way Tampa Bay wins. These games going to the under. They're going to want to muck it up, slow it down, and rely on their goaltender, Andre Vasilevsky. So <clears throat> here's what we got. The unstoppable force of the Avalanche. Averaging four and three quarters goals per game in the playoffs against the immovable object. And his name is Andre Vasilevsky. Now, here is what I'm going to be looking at in game number one with the abs and the lightning. We saw the lightning really, really look bad in those first two games against the Rangers before bouncing back and winning four straight, right? Well, this is an extraordinary long layoff for the avalanche. I can't imagine they come out and they're just sharp like that. We're talking almost two weeks, 12 days between games. They have not played. Once Wednesday comes, they will not have played a game in 12 days. So as much as I like the Avalanche in this series, I think the first period line is ripe for the taking. And that would be Tampa Bay plus 115. You've also got Colorado minus 150. I don't get why it's only plus 115, uh, with the exception of this isn't how the books think it's going to go. This is how... Bet Rivers is making money on both sides of things. So I think there's two ways to attack this. First of all, Tampa Bay, first period money line, plus 115. You could also go with the three-way bet, which would be Tampa Bay to win the first period. And that's at, what, plus 220. Abs to win the first period is plus 148. And a tie is plus 170. Again, I think Tampa Bay comes out here in this first game with an avalanche team that has not played in so long, way too long. And they win the first period. That doesn't mean that the Lightning are going to win this game. It just means I think it's going to take at least a period for the Avalanche to adjust. Uh, there's a lot going on. A lot of emotion. Maybe they will have that wave of emotion and they can ride it with the crowd. But for me, you got the best goaltender in the world. You've got a team coming off a super long layoff. The plays here, Tampa Bay plus 115. First period money line. And then the three-way, I would sprinkle a half unit on that at plus 220 for the Lightning. I know that we don't like going against the teams that we follow. And I don't blame you if you don't want to bet against them. But I'm just saying my best bet here has got to be these first period lines. Now, some other things going on with the Avalanche. They have been spectacular this postseason. 12-2. and two. Tampa Bay, 10-2 and two in their last 12 games. 12-5 and five overall in the playoffs. Um, here's some thoughts on the series overall. And I'm going to focus on what's going in the avalanche direction tomorrow. But today I'll talk about the things that just make me uncomfortable. Uh, things going against the avalanche. First of all, goaltending. Uh, Vasilevsky, 2.27 goals against, including getting just blitzed in game one against the Rangers. He's got a 928 save percentage. <clears throat> and in, in contrast... Darcy Kemper, 897 save percentage, which is extraordinarily low. Pavel Francouz, 906. There is a chasm between a 92.8 save percentage and a 89.7% or a 90.6%. That, that's a lot. Vasilevsky has a shutout as well. But the goaltending, definitely on the lightning side. If in some way Darcy Kemper can come out in game one and just match what Vasilevsky's doing, the Avalanche are going to win that game uh, because they have the advantage in just about every other facet in this series. Uh, experience. The Bolts have it. The Bolts have it. They're going for a three-peat. 
And we haven't seen this in ages. What was it, the Islanders way back in the day? Uh, this is off the top of my head, but it's just been forever that a team has won three straight cups. Uh, the next thing that bothers me, too much rest for the Avs. It's great because they're healthy. And for those of you that want Darcy Kemper and net, he's had a long time to get healthy. 12 days without a game. I'm worried about that slow start. That's why I'm backing the Lightning in the first period. Now, this could come down to special teams. Can the Colorado power play remain as dangerous as it was in the regular season and here in the postseason? Because we're talking about a defense here and a penalty kill with the, with the Tampa Bay Lightning that is just spectacular. They're really, really good. I also think the Colorado PK, 78%, can they hold off Tampa's power play? Uh, Tampa's PK, again, remarkable. I think if Tampa's going to get on the board, it won't be as much five-on-five five unless there's a massive breakdown. It's going to be on the power play. Now, another thing that concerns me a little bit, these are likely not going to be like the games that we've seen in the Western Conference side where the Avalanche have just gone out and scored a massive amount of goals. If the Avs can do that here and impose their offensive will, then this might not even be a deep series. But I think we're in for some lower scoring games. And that is why we're seeing the line at just six. That is a low, low number. I can't bet this total at six. Um, it, it, again, because of Azalevsky, because of the layoff for the Avalanche. Are the Avalanche going to be that flat defensively that Tampa Bay can put up four goals and maybe they get the three. I don't want to mess with the total, but we're going to find out if the abs, maybe they win one game. That's a shootout. I think we're going to find out if they can win three games in lower scoring, muck it up games. Again, if they can force the pace, force Tampa Bay to play from behind, it's going to be a completely different series. It's going to be great for the abs. Uh, this will be in another concern here. The first goalie that the Avalanche have faced for a sustained period um, that's really, really good. Now, Bennington was great for St. Louis for the injury. Remember, we were all freaking out? Well, not all of us, but I was, and a few others were, were freaking out because Bennington was great. St. Louis stayed in the series. Well, now you're going Bennington uh, times 10 with Vasilevsky. That's another concern. If the Avs find themselves down as the series goes six or seven, check this out. In Vasilevsky's past eight series clinching wins, he's given up just two goals on 221 shots. So they find themselves down 3-2 on the road, or this game comes back here for a game seven. Vasilevsky in those clinching victories, his past eight series clinching victories, which includes two Stanley Cup uh, championships. He's given up two goals on 221 shots. That's a 991 save percentage. That's, that's like Dominic Hasek 20 years ago. My God. Um, in those eight series clinching wins, he saved 17 goals above expected. That's concerning. So those are my big concerns. Again, goaltending, experience, too much rest, which really should not affect this team more than a period or two, but a period or two in a seven-game series is huge. Um, the Tampa Bay PK is terrific. I think we see lower scoring games. And again, uh, this will be by far and away. I mean, they're, they're probably the second best team in the league coming into this series. They could prove to be the best team in the league, but the Avalanche face cupcakes compared to these guys. A couple injury notes. Uh, the long rest may have 
come out with a couple of good things for the Avs again. Darcy Kemper likely starting game one. And then Kadri's practicing, and he is still not ruled out for game one. So there was some discussion that he could be out for the rest of the postseason, broken thumb. He's not ruled out yet. But on the Tampa Bay side, center Braden Point, who missed almost two rounds, he's on his way back. You know, he scored more playoff goals than any other player in the past three postseasons. So that is a humongous boost is what we're seeing for the Lightning. We'll get more on the Cup Finals with my buddy and our Avs insider, Mark Springer. So he's going to join us in just a little bit. That was number one on the Front Range for the four biggest sports stories on the Front Range. Let's get to number two. It is the Denver Broncos. And I want to check out some odds here to make the playoffs. We're starting to see a little bit of a shift toward the Broncos not making the playoffs. Remember, we saw this in the low minus 150s. I want to say minus 152. Now the Broncos to make the playoffs minus 137. No, not making the playoffs plus 113. But minicamp is underway, and I'll be keeping my ear out for news on the running back room, okay? I really would love to see some updates on the third running back spot. I think it's going to be Mike Boone against Demaria Crockett. And given the injury rates for running backs, the third spot could play a big role in the upcoming season. It could. Just look at the injury attrition rates. These guys just get mauled. We saw Melvin Gordon have to sit out. Uh, what was it? The Kansas City game? Javante went nuts. Uh, for an extended period of time, would they give the ball to Javante 27 to 30 times a game? I'm not so sure about that, that they would feel comfortable doing that. So Mike Boone, Demaria Crockett, which one wins this battle? If Gordon goes down, it's the number two. If Javante, knock on wood, it doesn't happen. But if Javante misses time, then I think you're going to see a lot of Boone or Crockett. So again, that to me is a very interesting storyline we'll be following this week. But let's focus on the big two. We've got Javante, we've got Melvin, and we've got the best running back duos in the NFL. Now, I touched on this a little while ago, but I think it's a good time to bring it back up again. Before we begin talking, though, about these two, um, these two back systems, the best running back duos in the NFL, I think what we need to do is look at the bell cows, the guys that get all the carries in their backfield. Derrick Henry, Tennessee. Jonathan Taylor, Indianapolis. Sure, they have Niam Hines. Taylor over 300 touches. I mean, he can flirt with 400 at that point. I'll even throw Dalvin Cook in there when he's healthy. So there are outliers in today's games. There's a few bell cows, but most teams rely heavily on two backs, and the Broncos are going to end up being one of those teams. It's factual. So here's the duo last year. I think it's just about as good as you could get. Javante and Melvin, 1,821 yards, and they both had 203 carries. Isn't that wild that both of them, that they, they evened it out, 203 carries? Wouldn't be surprised to see Javante get closer to that 240 mark this year, right? Be active in the passing game too. And Javante's going to get to work in the wide uh, zone run game with Russell Wilson as his quarterback. This is going to be a blast to watch. It's going to be a blast. You know what else I've been noticing? Pro football talk and just about any uh, football publication. I feel like they use Russell Wilson's picture when they're tweeting out things more than any other player in the league right now, even Tom Brady. Like, this is such a big story nationally. It's huge here, but it's huge nationally as well. But back to the running back situation. Javante 
caught 43 of 51 targets for three receiving touchdowns, okay? He forced 63 missed tackles in his rookie year last year. Uh, 0.31 tackles missed per carry. Highest rate in the league among running backs. This guy is so special. And then you throw Melvin Gordon back there, and I know a lot of you didn't want to see him. Maybe it was for fantasy football purposes. Maybe you didn't like Melvin Gordon. He did fumble a couple of very key pivotal moments last year. But again, this guy's terrific. He can run. He can catch. He can block. He can do just about everything you need a running back to do, especially as the number two. These two guys could definitely lead the NFL in yards and touchdowns. But here are a couple of tandems I have ranked ahead of the Broncos duo right now. Actually, I think I have only one now. Yeah, I had two a couple of weeks ago, and then I dug in, did even more money, uh, more uh, research. And now I think that the Broncos are number two. Number one, let's go to the Browns. Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Now, Chubb has rushed for nearly 5,000 yards after four seasons. This guy, one of the best pure runners that we've seen in the NFL. Uh, for a long time. He had over 1,200 yards on the ground last year. He missed three games. He only played in 14 games at 1,200 yards. And again, he might be the best pure runner in the NFL. Now, over the last four seasons, Chubb is first among all qualifying running backs in PFF rushing grade, yards after contact per rushing attempt, missed tackles forced. What does this sound like? Sounds a little bit like an up-and-coming Javante. Yes, it does, right? Rushing grade. Yards after contact per rushing attempt, forced tackles missed. Javante was higher there. Forced tackles missed 0.25 for Chubb, 0.31 for Javante. Now, Chubb isn't the biggest threat as a receiver, but he can catch some passes. He averages 5.3 yards per carry. But you got Kareem Hunt back there, and he's the B. Yeah, number one, 1A is Chubb. Number two is going to be Kareem Hunt. Now, he only played in eight games last year. He did lead the league in rushing his rookie year in Kansas City. He ran for over 800 yards in 2000 with the Browns. But again, he missed a lot of time. These are two young dudes under 28 years old. I think Hunt's going to catch more passes. Chubb's going to run teams into the ground. For me, this should be the standard for Javante and for Melvin Gordon to surpass the Chubb-Hunt rushing duo. And it might be a little easier than you think. Because they have a great quarterback they're playing behind. I, I still don't think we're going to see Deshaun Watson this season. Um, Deshaun back there, that'll obviously help their running game. But there's going to be so much play action, so much movement, so many opportunities in the zone rushing scheme. I think this Broncos tandem could be number one by the end of the year. A lot of it has to do with health. I think number three, so again, we got the Browns one, the Broncos two. Number three is going to be Nathaniel Hackett's former running back duo of Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon in Green Bay. Aaron Jones, 1,190 total yards, 799 rushing, 391 receiving, right? Yep, 10 total touchdowns. That would be the Javante role. And then you got A.J. Dillon, who rushed for 1,116 yards, so a little bit less. Uh, actually had 1,100 total yards, 11-16, so what is that? Maybe uh, 75, 74 less yards total. Had 803 rushing, four more than Jones, 313 receiving, seven total touchdowns. Actually, I look for Javante to lead the team in rushing and receiving and total touchdowns. All three of them. Dylan had 803 yards on 187 carries last year. I think right around 185 is probably where we're going to see Melvin, uh, Melvin Gordon 
and right around 240 is Javante. And Jones still averaged over five yards per carry. He had 52 catches last year. Aaron Jones, terrific in that Hackett system. Really was LaFleur and uh, Aaron Rodgers, but Hackett had a big role there. And again, Jones and Dylan combining over 1,500 rushing yards. You got the finesse in Jones. You've got the big guy, Quadzilla, what they call him because his quads are gigantic. A.J. Dillon, six foot, 250 pounds. Again, it's a, it's a rough outline of what the Broncos' running game could look like. I'm not so sure that it's exactly what it's going to look like. But I think Javante Melvin Gordon moved past the Packers duo this season. Now, in Dallas, don't forget about these guys. Zeke and Pollard in Dallas. Pollard had PFF's second highest running back grade last year. But Jerry Jones is a ding-dong as an owner, and he decided to give Zeke a monster contract. And because of that contract, the Cowboys have been hesitant to play their best running back more than Zeke Pollard or, or Zeke uh, Elliott. I would, listen, if Pollard was the lead back, I would put them ahead of the Broncos tandem, but he isn't. For me, Dallas comes in at number four. So my preseason running back duo rankings in the National Football League. Browns one, Broncos two, Packers three, Cowboys four. You got any issues with that? Hit me up. I'd love to hear about it. Hit me up at Holden Radio on Twitter. That's number two. On the front range for the four biggest sports stories on the front range. Let's get to number three. Ah, yes. Celtics and Warriors. Game number five tonight. Here are the lines on Bet Rivers. Celtics plus four. This thing's gone between three and a half and four. Warriors minus four. Juice on both sides minus 110. You like the Celtics on the money line tonight? Plus 138. Warriors minus 165. 211 and a half is the total. If I'm correct, that is the lowest total that we've seen going into a game in this series. All right, so that's tonight. Uh, remember, the Celtics undefeated after a loss this postseason, and it looks like it's Boston's turn to win again. But before we talk more about tonight's lines, here are the series prices on Bet Rivers. Warriors minus 152. They've got home court advantage. Again, Boston plus 125. If you want to bet the series correct score, because we're only going to have three games at most, you think the Golden State Warriors are winning at seven, that's plus 190. To one in six, the next two games plus 250. That might be the way to go as opposed to betting them on the money line. Now, as you know, if you've been listening to this show, you know I'm alive better when it comes to the NBA. There are certain instances, like I'll tell you about in just a couple of minutes, there's certain instances where I'll bet a pregame bet, but usually you're just going to find a better number. You want to back the, the Celtics here, plus four, fine. At some point in time, the Warriors are going to have a bigger lead. You might be able to get them at a lot more. Um, Celtics to win the series three to one. If you got them in six, if you got them in seven plus three fifty. Now I want to remind you, uh, again, what I do <clears throat> pregame couple of bets. We've got the Warriors third quarter bet and we've got the blowout sprinkle, which is now four and oh in the series when we take the alt line of minus nine and a half because every single game in the series has been double digits. Now, if you haven't bet this yet and you're feeling a little uncomfortable about it, just know that I'm playing with house money at this point. I have, um, especially at plus money, I think I'm up at least five and a half units, six units, just on this bet alone. All right? So the minus nine and a half blowout sprinkle, if you have the Celtics in this game, I would go to the alt line at plus 420. 
if Boston wins this thing by double digits, like they've already done in the series on the road, you're getting 4.2 to one plus 420. The Warriors minus nine and a half is plus 180. So you're not getting quite a bit, but if you think this game is a blowout either side, you could lay down a unit on each side, root for the Celtics to get four to one. But if that doesn't hit, you're still getting, an, uh, what is it? 0.8 of a unit. If your unit's $100, you're still getting 80 back if that game is a double-digit final. But my best bet in this one, we're going to keep going back to this one too, undefeated in the finals. Listen, th these trends, these bets, at some point in time, they may fall off, but I'm not getting off the bandwagon until they don't hit. And the Warriors' first quarter three-way, what is that, Holden? That is, you, first of all, you go to Bet Rivers, you click on first period, first quarter. The three-way means that either the Warriors win outright in the first, there's a tie, or, or, and really it's, or the, um, the third quarter money line is minus 141. So let me get back to this here. It's the third quarter. Warriors third quarter, minus 118. Third quarter money line is minus 141. I've given you all the stats on this going back to 2015. They own the third quarter. A lot of that has to do with Steph Curry coming out strong in the third quarter. If the Celtics figure out a way to shut him down tonight, I don't know if it's possible, then this third quarter bet might come to an end. But they're undefeated in the finals. They are just hitting this constantly. So here's the other one. Warriors third quarter. Let's go with the three-way minus 118. And then just to play it safe, because you lose if that bet ties. Just to play it safe, let's go third quarter money line minus 141. Those are two best bets from tonight's NBA Finals game. Blowout sprinkle, third quarter. Now, some notes. Favorites hitting at a 57% clip this postseason. That would be good for the Warriors. I don't really take much out of it right now, 52 and 39. Um, favorites are also hitting at a 68% clip, 62 and 29. Playoff favorites with a line move in their favor are hitting at 62%. That is not the case here. Warriors are 62% at home this season against the spread 32 and 19 and eight and three against the spread in the postseason. They've been very, very good at home, but the Celtics have done a very nice job in this spot. They're 25 and 13 against the spread 66% coming off a loss during the season and they're perfect seven and zero in the postseason. Celtics also good on the road at eight and three this postseason, just six and five at home. So one more time, best bet Warriors third quarter, three way minus 118 money line minus 141. If you want to bet a side pregame, if you like the Celtics or you like the Warriors, I recommend you take the alt line of minus nine and a half because the chances of a blowout have been very, 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 very good throughout this series. That's number three on the front range for the four biggest sports stories on the front range. Let's get to number four. Tyreek Hill. He talked about why he needed to leave the Kansas City Chiefs. Everybody has a podcast these days, well, including me. I have a couple of them. But Tyreek Hill talked about why he needed to leave the Chiefs on his podcast. And let me preface this by saying that, A, the podcast, I listened to it. Tyreek Hill is awful on the air. And B, this guy is on the record saying Tua is more accurate with the deep ball than Patrick Mahomes. I don't know if he really feels that way, but this is the kind of crap you expect from Tyreek Hill. This isn't burning a bridge, but just taking shots. It's such a joke. Um, and he said he wanted to leave because they didn't utilize him correctly. 
and they weren't going to pay him. He goes, I tried my best. I talked to the big man, Andy Reid. I talked to the quarterback. I'm like, look, can we make something happen? Can we make something happen? Can the guaranteed money make sense to me? Can it make sense to my family, please? Why is he talking to the quarterback about that? What does Patrick Mahomes have to do with that? That tells me, now normally in an in a organization with a good quarterback, that guy is going to have some say, but really you're talking to Patrick Mahomes about your contract? Um, so Hill said he didn't want to become a diva, and he was still frustrated, though. He was frustrated with his role in the offense, which I don't understand. He goes, if teams are going to give us favorable one-on-one matchups against their best corner, I don't see why teams don't utilize their best receiver. And that's where probably like me and the Chiefs fell apart right there. I'm like, yo, I don't mean to talk or be a diva in some situations, but I can see the pill. Can I see the pill sometime, please? Just give me the ball, please. This is interesting, too, because not only does this show that Tyreek was frustrated with his role in the offense, which, by the way, I think, yeah, he had the most targets uh, of his career. I, 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 what, I mean, what does he want? 200 targets? Give me a break. Um, this also tells me that there's a reason why Eric Bieniemy has not gotten a job as a head coach. There were rumblings that there were some players in the locker room that were not happy with the game plan. Obviously, that was Tyreek Hill. And Hill, he vented to the team something that was not part of his contract or his opportunities. He said the Chiefs didn't want him to miss practice for the start of last season so he could see his grandpa who was having surgery for prostate cancer. I'm a guy that is going through that right now with my father. And I'll tell you this much, I'd give two middle fingers to my, to my bosses in that situation. I also know my bosses would never say that to me, though. He goes, they didn't even want me to leave and go see my granddad. And he was having prostate surgery. I'm like, yo, this is ridiculous, you know? And now I'm with the Dolphins. I say, coach, I'm gone. He's like, all right, cool. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's bad for the Chiefs organization. That's a bad look right there. I think Tyreek Hill looks bad and petty. And I think the Chiefs come off looking pretty bad too. I don't blame them for letting Tyreek go. I think it is going to have a massive impact on their offense. They just have not been able to run the ball well in the Mahomes era. But boy, uh, it's also pretty damning on Eric Bieniemy, where Hill was so frustrated. And again, there were those reports that uh, there were players that were frustrated with Bieniemy, and Tyreek Hill was one of them. Just so you know, uh, on Bet Rivers, Chiefs win total this season 10.5, minus 110 both sides. That's not a lot. I kind of see them going over this. Ten and a half. I thought they'd set at 11. They want more bets on both sides. I got to figure that there's going to be more money coming in on the Chiefs as people see them in training camp. Because I do think they're still going to be a really good team. And the Dolphins' regular season win total, I'm not even going to give you a lean here. It's eight and a half, minus 134 to the over, plus 110 to the under. This is an organization that constantly cannot get away from itself. You know, you got the Flores situation. You got a bad owner in Steven Ross. Let's stay away from the Dolphins altogether. Next on the Denver CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers, Avs analyst Mark Springer. Let's get his thoughts on the Avalanche Lightning in the Stanley Cup Finals, which face off on Wednesday here at Ball Arena. Springer next, Denver CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers is offering new customers a deposit match up to $250 when you sign up today. In addition to their welcome bonus, Bet Rivers has daily and ongoing promotions that can provide extra value. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com to sign up. Must be 21. Must be located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 522 4700. 
Welcome back to the Denver CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. Mark Springer, Avs Insider, joining us in just a moment. But first, the U.S. Open begins this Thursday. Bet Rivers giving you extra reasons to tune in and play. Just log into each day of the U.S. Open, receive a free profit boost to power up your tournament bet. Every round, a new boost for you to use before the round starts while the players are on the course. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Make your U.S. Open bets every day. Get an extra boost while doing it at Bet Rivers. Go to the Bet Rivers app. Visit BetRivers.com. You got to be 21. Got to be located in Colorado. If you got a gambling problem, 1-800-522-4700. I don't know if Mark Springer can match the nugget that I have right now. Lightning Avalanche, first Stanley Cup final in NHL history. How long, this is the oldest trophy in a North American sports, Springer. First time we've ever had two teams that don't end in the letter S. Can you believe that? Can you believe that? And it's only the second time in the history of the four major sports that that's been a ki- the case. I don't even know what the other one was, but I mean, if that doesn't add more drama. You know what the other one probably was? Uh, Heat Thunder in the NBA. Look at you, smarty pants. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I guess it is kind of rare. So there you go. A couple of forces of nat- nature, one by air, one by mountaintop let's go yeah and i actually think that this is kind of the uh unstoppable force against the immovable object that kind of is what it is the highest scoring offense out there against the best goaltender in the world how are you feeling about this series buddy how are you feeling going into it yeah it's the deserving series it's the correct series it's the two best teams but it's weird because you know the lightning in the regular season were good but there were a lot of moments where I'm like, ah, this is not a three-peat team. This is not a three-peat team. And then lo and behold, you get this team into the playoffs as what are they, uh, the, the, the three-seed in the Atlantic division, the road team in the Maple Leaf series, and they go and win a game seven in Toronto. And Toronto played them really well in that series until that game seven where Toronto, I didn't think they played that well at all. And then Braden Point gets hurt in that game seven, and then they sweep the Panthers, who I thought were the most deserving team, obviously, based on regular season play, winning the President's Trophy. But the Panthers were pretty dominant in the regular season. You know, I mean, records aside, just eyeball test, who's the best team? It was the Panthers. And the Lightning, without Braden Point, sweep them. And then they're able to come back against the Rangers. So it's just one of those groups that they just knew as a team uh, that they just needed to get in. And it's not just Vasilevsky against a good offense. Like, the Lightning have a good roster outside of their goaltender. You know, Steven Stamkos is is reminding people that he's really good. You know, he'd been injury-plagued, you know, for, for many years in his career. And he's healthy now. He's playing great. Kucherov is healthy, playing pretty well. Do they get Braden Point back? I mean, that's a great three-headed monster of top-tier offensive talent that they have. Victor Hedman is still good on the back end. So, I mean, yeah, the the one thing for me, though, is it's abs about minus 180 to win this series, which is a strong sign. That's a strong sign to me because I think a lot of people are going to want to bet Tampa. I think public money could go more on Tampa than it has been in abs series so far. So I do like that the abs are relatively strong favorites to start this series. I don't like this 12-day layoff. I'm going to tell you this much. I already placed a couple of bets. The first one was Tampa Bay in the first period. We're getting at, at uh, what, plus money? Yeah, we're getting that at plus money, buddy. And that, to me, is is the play. We saw the lightning come out soft. 
I just don't know how you show up after 12 days and all of a sudden just turn it on. I'm not saying it's going to be a flop in the whole first in the whole game, but I don't know how clean that 20 minutes is going to be to start this cup off. No, I completely agree. And to me, this is going to be a really tough series to bet game to game. I mean, it could look something like what we're seeing in the NBA finals where, you know, the Celtics steal game one in Golden State and Golden State blows out Boston at home. Then Boston covers and wins pretty handily in game three uh, on their home court. And then Golden State steals game four. And, you know, I feel like, you know, the betters are probably all over the place in that series. And I think we're going to see something a little similar. It wouldn't surprise me if it follows the same pattern, if Tampa takes game one. But I think that this is going seven. You know, I've been predicting. uh, In fact, I was a little hesitant to start. I had the abs in six over Nashville. Uh, Then I had the abs in five over St. Louis. That one went six. And then I had the abs in five over Edmonton. That one was a sweep in four. So I've been wrong but I got closer as it went on. This one, I think we're going seven, Holden. I, I, it's tough for me to, it's going to be really tough for me to predict this game to game. But I think ultimately these are two really strong teams that will lead to a game seven in Denver. That's my prediction. Well, unfortunately, if that happens, Vasilevsky's been Superman in those clinching games. His past eight series clinchers, he's given up two goals on 221 shots, 991 save percentage. I do not want to see this go seven. If it goes seven, I think the Yavs could be in a lot of trouble. I know, I know, and that's, you know, that's so true with Vasilevsky. But, you know, I mean, he finally got beat in that Rangers series. You know, he was like 18-0 and after losing a game in the playoffs in his last 18, and that finally snapped. But then, you know, that streak snaps, fine, whatever. They win four in a row, and they win the series. So, yeah, Vasilevsky mm-hmm. is, is going to be tough. But, look, to me, I... I I'm really just going to follow the line on this. I'm just going to follow where the money is going. I'm going to follow the money, and the money is on the Avs. And the fact that it's minus 180 for the Avs and, like, plus 155, this could have moved over the past couple days. For the Lightning, I mean, I think that's going to entice a lot of people to say, wait a minute, I can get plus 155 on Vasilevsky to win his third straight cup to to get the most reliable goaltender with a really good group in front of him. I think that that's going to draw a lot of people in. And so for me, like, okay, Avs minus 180 isn't a bunch of value. So if you're looking to nail this series, I really do think it goes seven. I think that, you know, we're 21 years removed from the Avs winning a game seven at home against the New Jersey Devils and Martin Brodeur. Now, I know that Darcy Kemper isn't Patrick Waugh. I get that. But Devon Taves and Kale McCarr are playing some of the best defense in the NHL in front of him. Uh, so for that reason right there, I think the Avs can get this done in seven at home. Okay. So... First of all, there is money coming on on the ads, which is surprising because this thing got pushed to minus 195. Yeah. And now the Lightning are plus 165. And now I would expect the money to come back in and the Lightning push that back down to maybe plus 150. But here's the biggest difference to me in the other series. It was clear that the Avalanche were a ton better than all three teams that they faced in the West. Like this is the first time that I can say, you know, we went into those series every single game. We had a good shot of coming out and winning, right? If we're betting game by game, we won all the series. Um, I screwed up last series because I had them winning in six and I had them winning in seven. Um, and, and what do they do? End up sweeping? So th- this to me is the big challenge. The other series were pretty easy to look at. And I think you're alluding to the same thing. This thing is just a toss up. It really is. 
Yeah, and you know, you're you're having one of the co-hosts of the Avs post-game show on. I'm going to be a little biased. Like, I'm going to lean Avs. But when I see a, a number and you're saying that this is moving up to minus 190 right now, like, that's... 195. 195. That's aggressive, man. That is aggressive. Yeah. Like, you know, public money, sharp money, I don't care. I mean, that is... This should be closer to a pick em. It really should be. Like, I, I agree. This is... This is going to be a hell of a series, uh, but this tells me that there is a sense that ultimately the odds get this thing done. Uh, you know, having the home ice certainly does help opening at home and then having that game seven at home in your back pocket, I think will really help. Um, and, you know, we don't know about Braden Point's injury status. It did look like he was skating towards the end of that Rangers series. So I'd say that with he's going to play here, he's probably he playing plays. in this series. Does he play game one? I don't know, but he's, you know, midway through this series, he's playing. Whenever that might be, he might play game one. Um, but even so, uh, that's a new addition to the lineup. Uh, it's going to, you know, they're going to have to adjust things for a second right there. And, you know, they're going to have a few days off, just like the Avs will have the eight days or so off. Um, am I convincing myself a little bit? Sure. But uh, it's it's a hell of a team, man. The, the one question mark for the Avs is going to be goaltending. That's what everyone's going to look at. Any Avs doubter is going to say, well, I don't trust Kemper or Francois against Vasilevsky, and you're not wrong to think so. Uh, but it does seem like Darcy Kemper is healthy. It looks like he's going to start game one. And if I'm on paper putting a decent matchup against Vasilevsky, I think Darcy Kemper, if he gets hot, is a guy who can go toe-to-toe with him. He's six foot four. He's got the frame. He's got the size. Uh, so I think Kemper, if he's right, could surprise some people here. I know, it's just, I'm having a very tough time with this. Kadri comes back, how big of a bump is that? If he's back. Uh, It would would be nice, but if you're Nas and if you're this coaching staff, you only bring him back if he's damn near 100%. If that finger is going to affect his shot in any way. I mean, there were some games recently where he, you know, there was one where I remember he led the Avs in shots on goal with like eight or nine shots on goal, which was kind of surprising for Nas. He usually isn't up there in that area, but he's just gained more confidence. As this playoffs went on, uh, goes on, and he's a great faceoff guy too. So if that finger isn't good, whichever finger it is, you can't bring him back. Not in this series. Not when everything is going to be under a microscope and and the margins are going to be so slim. So I know he wants to come back, but only if he's 100. Uh, percent I don't think the Avs need him. Speaks to their depth a little bit, but if they could get him back, uh, it would certainly would be a boost, especially if this is a closer series, which which I do think it will be. Uh, but but I, I don't think it's that big of a factor is kind of where I'm getting at. I don't think it's that big a factor. Uh, let's talk special teams. Can the power play for the Avalanche be as dangerous as it has been? Uh, can the PK, which is what, at a 78% clip, hold off Tampa Bay? Yeah, I've been re- I like this as PK a lot. I think it's really underrated because as the season has gone on, Jared Bednar has put Makar and Taves back there, something that he wasn't doing so much at the start of the season, but the back half of the season, especially as the games have gotten more important, like Makar and Taves will play damn near the entire PK. He'll put Nachushkin out there, who is a really good two-way forward. And, you know, Arturi Lekkinen, another good two-way guy uh, who obviously came over at the deadline. But then it's your your core guys like Logan O'Connor and Darren Helm. They're underrated penalty kill forwards. We'll see what Andrew Cogliano's status is with his. I think he's got a broken finger as well from a blocked shot. But he's been willing to sacrifice himself on the PK. I think it's an underrated group. 
uh, especially when now that Kill and Devon are playing on the back end more and you can throw Nachushkin out there. Uh, so I, I, I like the ass PK in this matchup. Uh, but their power play against the Lightning PK is interesting. You know, I was watching uh, a good amount of that game six, and the Lightning PK was great. They finally broke. They finally broke in that third mm -hmm. period when Vetrano scored off of that faceoff. Uh, but that looks to be a formidable PK on the other side as well. So... This might just come down to which power play can execute better, which power play can be cleaner and find the passing lanes better. Uh, it's a really tough matchup. It's a really even power play. I think the special teams are even on all sides. Uh, so it does experience pay off, or does Nathan McKinnon get red hot? Can Miko Rantanen continue to stay hot? I think will be another question as well from that right side. Uh, mm. So I, I say it's a wash as far as this is a wash overall. It really is, except for goaltending. And that's why I'm surprised that the Avs are as big as favorites that, that they are because the Lightning have the clear goaltending matchup. Yeah, they just the Avs just look so damn good running through the West, especially sweeping the Oilers. People just took notice of that, like, wow, the Oilers, you know, this is a team that could get in trouble. And it was just, it was just a blowout. I mean, it wasn't even close. Total here is six, Springer, in game number one. That also kind of tells you. So the total tells you that this is going to likely be played at the lightning pace, but overwhelming favorites for the avalanche. That's something else that I find fascinating. What do you think of the total here? Yeah. Because here, and, and I had a conversation with a hockey guy last night about this. He's like, well, when you usually see a team with a long layoff and one team's going to get off to a, a hot start, maybe you go to the over, right? I'm not so sure that's the logic I'm going to use. Sorry about that, but total. No, I mean, you're, you're right. If, if the over-under is six and the abs are – what are the abs on the money line in this game? I haven't even looked at the game money line yet for this. Um, I'm waiting a couple of days to see it. I Why are you it, waiting? Uh, get more – Minus 157, uh, by the yeah, way. Okay, I was going to say about minus 160, you know, so mm -hmm. it's about what I thought. So, yeah, so that means, you know, I think a lot of people with abs games are going to want to bet overs. I think we've seen that in a lot of playoff games uh, so far for the Avs, but uh, now Vasilevsky is on the other side, so does that influence any betters? Um, but yeah, that would suggest, you know, Avs win 3-2, to 4-2 to two with an empty netter for the push, which means Darcy Kemper has a good game. So that's, uh, I don't know. I don't know if Darcy comes out like that, right? That's one of those things that we're almost going to have to wait and see kind of how game one plays out. Uh you know, I would lean over. I would certainly lean over in that game. I don't trust Darcy right now. Do I think the Avs could win it in like a 4-3 to three variety and surprise some people and put some goals past Vasilevsky? Yeah, sure. that would be – I'd feel more comfortable with that. But, yeah, to go under and say that Darcy Kemper is going to have a strong game one and match Vasilevsky is – that. yeah, that seems like a little bit of a leap to make. If the Avs are going to win, you feel like they're going to have to score some goals. Uh, so my lean would be over, but – Again, these are going to be so tough to predict game to game. Um, I'm just an absent seven guy right now, but I'll probably play that over on Wednesday and just have some fun with it. You play the over on that one. Yeah. Uh, any goal scorers you're looking at here? Because, again, that's I, I, the first thing that I would do is target the Tampa Bay side for me just because I think that they're going to get off to a nice start. But like Kucherov plus one sixty, Stamkos plus one. I remember Stamkos was supposed to be the best player in the NHL. Mm -hmm. Pretty damn, he's a Hall of Famer, right? But one sixty, one sixty five, um, Hedman plus three forty on the uh, on the side of the Avalanche plus one twenty five for McKinnon, one thirty two Miko, 
180 Landeskog, Makar plus 245. Any goals you want to talk about or no? Yeah, I mean, these are all always going to be worse shots. But, you know, the Lightning, you know, they have some good depth players. We saw Andre Pilat score some big goals in these playoffs. Uh, Alex Kalorn can get on the goal sheet. A couple of acquisitions that they made at the deadline. Nick Paul, who was huge in that Game 7 against the Leafs. And then Brandon Hagel coming over from... The Blackhawks, like, this is a team that they could get goals from all four lines, and the Avs are the same way, so I'm always going to be leery of those, but I don't hate your your theory that the Lightning, you know, maybe Lightning to score first in this game is something to take a look at. You might get, That's like, one, a plus 105 or something like that, mm -hmm. a little bit of plus money there. Yeah, and that wouldn't deter me from, you know, then going live on the Avs to win that game uh, would also be something to look at if the Lightning score first. Um, because I do think the Avs will take game one, ultimately, when it's all said and done. Uh, but where the goals are going to come from is always tough. You know, I, I, Kucherov, Stamco scored two in that game six against the Rangers. Those are going to be your two guys for Tampa that are your safest bets, Kucherov and Stamkos. Um, but I would look maybe at uh, shots on goal for the Avs if you're looking for something. Like Nathan McKinnon over shots on goal. This is game one. This is his first Stanley Cup finals. That number's been at around four and a half, maybe at the over at like a minus 130. Uh, but either way, I mean, I, I, I got to expect that Nathan McKinnon's going to come out guns blazing and doing everything he can to get his team off to a, an early series lead. So that's something I'd look at. And then, hey, my Arturi Lekin in over half a point has been pretty damn good this playoff. Yep. Because the guy plays on all four lines, and he's now playing on the first power play with uh, Nazem Kadri out. So that might be just this sleeper thing that people overlook all playoffs long is lucky to get a point in any given game. Devon Taves to get a point as well is always going to be some value because a lot of people are going to want to bet Kale McCarr, and I get that. But Taves plays right next to McCarr. And we've seen so many times in these playoffs where those two defensemen assist on an Avs goal, like McCarr and Taves for a Nachushkin goal or something like that. So Taze to get points is always a, a play I like as well. All right. So once again, I'll give my best bet and then we'll get yours. First period line, Tampa Bay plus 115 to win it. Uh, and then on the three-way, you've got them at plus 220 to win the first period. Hey, listen, you don't want to bet against your favorite team, so I don't blame you for not doing so. But that's the way I see the first period playing out. And then we can mess with the rest of the game live. You got your best bet? Game one? Yeah, I, I mean, a combination of two. I mean, Avs money line, I do think this is a closer game. So to go minus one and a half or even the 60 minutes, you know, I would prefer 60 minutes over the one and a half if I were to choose. Cause, um, but I could see this game going to overtime. Um, but Avs to win, I, I think they win by a goal is kind of what I'm saying. I think the Avs win by one. Um, and then the over six, you know, worst case you're pushing there. For some reason, I'm thinking this is a 4-3 to three Avs win. That's my final right there. So I think that the Avs will get a few on uh, Vasilevsky. It'll surprise little people. I think Kemper, while allowing three or so goals, might look not so great. I think it'll be enough to keep him in this game and give Darcy some confidence. So I'm predicting Avs win 4-3. to three. Uh, So my bets should speak for themselves based on that prediction. My friend, I will talk to you again this week, whether you like it or not. We will talk Thursday. And then I'm going to Florida. So I got to get to one of these. I got to get to this game one, probably. And I'm going to talk about the ticket prices because they're falling. And like I said, if the Rangers aren't in the finals, you could be able to get in uh, for probably less than $700, which would be nice. Springer, plug everything you're doing. Get out of here. That's super cool, man. Uh, yeah, after 
Game one, Altitude Sports Radio 92.5, about 15, 20 minutes after the game, after Jared Bednar and the players talk. Uh, essentially, at that time, myself and Alex Ryan Emmy will go on between the pipes. Uh, you know, check our Twitter, uh, Altitude SR, at Mark A. Mark. You'll know when it starts. We're on Twitch. It's between the pipes. I'm rooting for you, dude. I'm, I love it when these lifelong hockey fans finally get their day. You know, I've been around other teams that have done it. It's very exciting. You go enjoy yourself with this, okay? Because you probably don't remember the other two, do you? Uh, one of my first hockey memories is that game four in 96. Yeah. All I remember is staying up super late. That's what I remember is staying up super late because it was a triple overtime. Or was it even quad overtime? I think it was triple. Uh, but I, all I remember was staying up super late for that win against the Panthers. Then I, I definitely remember 01. 01, I was conscious and sentient. Uh, so, uh, and hey, that kind of goes along with my as in seven prediction. I'm predicting a repeat of 01. I don't know what sentient means, but I'll look it up sometime. Thank you, Springer. <laughs> Thanks, Holden. All right, we're going to come back. We're going to talk about those abs ticket prices. A really funny story about a Mohawk and getting fired. That's next on the Denver City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers has your bases covered with early week betting fun. Your baseball bet gets a little extra pop at Bet Rivers Sportsbook every Tuesday. Just log into Bet Rivers and you'll receive a 20% profit boost on a baseball bet every Tuesday during the season. Use it on straight bets, player props, or same game parlay. You decide. Log on to the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com and get your 20% profit boost today. Must be 21. Must be located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Okay, let's put a bow on the show. I told you, you better be rooting for the Tampa Bay Lightning to win the Eastern Conference Finals if you want to try to afford to get into the building for Game 1 of the Stanley Cup Finals. And uh, if you're rooting for the Lightning, you win. Because, like I said, it was about $1,000 to get in the door how many days? What, 10 days ago? I can't believe it's that long already. Eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 days ago. Who the hell knows? But, well, I guess if you look at the calendar, you do. But right after the abs clinched, it was $1,000 to get in. Week went on. You're seeing it around 950, 900, 980. Well, the lightning won. And what I thought was going to happen absolutely happened. The get in price now, upper level, row 10. $680. So we're finally under $700 to get in the door. Uh, that's great. That is great news. I see 687s. I see 700, uh, $700 tickets. They're all in the upper level, but you're still getting in the door at that price. Now, once you hit the $1,000 threshold, what is $1,000 going to get you? And this is me just searching all the secondhand ticket brokers, uh, StubHub, Vivid, all of them. Uh, the first $1,000 price here, upper level, 319 behind the goal, and that would be row three. So at least you're close uh, as far as the section goes. It's going to cost you $1,000 just to get there. Um, and then if you want to get into that loge level, right, the, the level that is, it's actually a really good level, 112 behind, uh, behind the net. Again, you're still behind the net. That's about uh, $1,050. And then the prices will just go up from there. $1,500 tickets, $1,600 tickets, $10,000 tickets if you want to sit by the glass. So that's it. You want to get in. This is the time to get in. 
Uh, last but not least, I don't know if anybody has any horrible stories about getting fired. I do, but uh, pretty funny stuff here. Joe Madden, probably not to him, the former LA Angels manager, uh, his team was mired in a double-digit loss slump recently. And before he got fired, the day of that he got fired, he shaved a mohawk into his head. Now, this is a dude in his late 60s, okay? Joe Madden. Can you imagine seeing Joe Madden walking around in a mohawk? And the guy gets fired later that day. So not only does he have to meet with his former boss, looking like an idiot with a mohawk, he gets fired that day. Poor guy. Well, he helped break the curse with the Cubs, so the guy knows what he's doing anyways. Uh, thank you to Stephen Young for making this podcast possible. Thank you to Mark Springer for hopping on, giving us a little Stanley Cup Finals preview. And uh, thank you to you for listening to this show. Make sure you follow me on Twitter, at Holden Radio. If you're feeling kind today, maybe you can sprinkle a little five-star review and a nice review. I'd really appreciate that. I'm Holden. I'll be back on Wednesday on the Denver City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. And let's make sure the Avs get a win that night.